Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Six championship final is expected to be. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the um, slightly soggy, slightly humid. City that never sleeps. I'm in New York City, headed out to Shinnecock Hills after uh, we press off on the microphone. Get a chance to take in Tiger Woods, Dustin Johnson, and the rat Rory McIlroy, and all the great golfers of the world trying to win the United States Open, which you can see on Fox Sports 1 and Fox, uh, Big Fox, over the weekend. Welcome in. Uh, I am dealing with very, very little sleep, but I could not be happier Uh, to be with you. That's because we're just over a week away from the NBA draft. Um, I can answer any of your draft questions, 
877-99 on Fox if you want. Um, we're getting ready for the summer of LeBron. Where will LeBron go? We assume, we assume that Kevin Durant is re-signing. Some people felt like it was awkward, uh, one of the jokes Bob Myers made yesterday. We'll, we'll get to all of that. Uh, and then, of course, you got the big news at the World Cup, which, again, another thing that's that's getting ready to take place on Fox. This one's fascinating. Spain, I love sacked. That, that's something, there are certain things that you get in, um, there are certain things that you get in, Soccer that you don't get other otherwise, right? I, I don't know what this is, but when you watch soccer on TV, it feels like you have to have a British or Irish accent, don't you? A Spanish accent also kind of works. They they talk about the game far differently than we talk about the game, right? It's about uh, passion and momentum and energy. You know, we're very much X and O oriented, and they're very much kind of. Uh, passion-oriented. They talk about the pitch, right? Well, it's a field. No, it's a pitch. Okay. It's not a team. It's a side. It's not a coach. It's a manager. And you didn't get fired. You got sacked. Spain sacked their manager, who just took the job with Real Madrid, which is, you know, the biggest job on earth. He gets the biggest job on earth, which is in the country of Spain. Like, yeah, we don't want you coaching our national team in the biggest event. And they're one of the favorites to win the damn thing. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, by the way, World Cup's coming back to the States. We're going to share it some. Uh, They're going to try and reopen NAFTA, I guess. going to be in Mexico and in Canada, and we'll get the important games. Uh, Reportedly, reportedly, the finals will be at East Rutherford. There actually is some interesting parts to the soccer thing, which I'll be fascinated. It's eight years away. It's 2026. But, you know, they don't like playing on artificial surfaces. And all of the big football, most of the big football teams have artificial surfaces. So they're going to lay, I guess, sod down over the top. That's something they're going to have to find a way to work through. Uh, and then we get the U.S. Open. There's Tiger Woods. I'm super excited. And and look, Shinnecock is going to get a second chance here. Remember last time, it was Retief Goosen, and the Goose was the only guy that could putt on those greens. They were un, they were so bad, so bad, that they had to water the greens in between players. So they're going to get a chance to kind of remake themselves, redo themselves, and that, that's all that U.S. Open is known for is – furiously trying to water the greens and the water running off the greens in between players because it wouldn't hold the water. It was just too dry. Um, It has been wet. It has been moist. It has been windy. And, of course, this is Lynx-style golf, not traditional U.S. Open-style golf, traditional U.S. Open-style golf, tree-lined courses. So this is almost, it's kind of like the British Open meets America. And uh, obviously the greens are still going to be rolling fast. It's going to be super long. And if it's windy, boy, it's going to be all over the place. Don't be surprised if a European doesn't win this thing. All right, we're going to get you ready for the U.S. Open upcoming in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Shane Bacon, Fox Sports 1 golf analyst, joins us in 15 minutes. I want to start with this one story. I believe that there's there's two big takeaways from something I read by Adrian Wojnarowski in San uh, about the San Antonio Spurs and the healing process that's going to take place with Kawhi Leonard. The first is, and it's all from this one little blurb. The first is that they're going to keep Kawhi Leonard. They're going to sign Kawhi Leonard to a $215 million contract. The second is the bigger point, which is the Celtics 
are their split ten guys. And I think the Warriors are split tens guys. I just think they are. You know, it's yeah, I could I got twenty. I got twenty. And in Vegas, that's a winning hand. Does it win every hand? No, it does not. Now, also in Vegas, you know, depending on the table, the dealer can't hit past 16 or can't hit past 17 or whatever. But if the dealer doesn't have an ace showing, if the dealer doesn't have a face card showing, and you got 20, it's really, really you got you got a pair of 10s or a pair of kings or a pair of queens, it's really, really dumb to split them up. But you know what? They're willing to split them up. They are. Because... Why win one hand when you can win two? Here's the here's the um, the blurb from Adrian Wojnarowski, Woj from ESPN. The Boston Celtics made a trade offer to San Antonio before the February deadline, but the Spurs turned it down and never made a counterproposal. League sources said San Antonio wasn't willing to discuss deals in February. So far this spring, the Spurs remain resistant to trades. In other words, the Spurs want to keep Kawhi Leonard. Are they disappointed that he sat the whole season? Sure. Are they disappointed that he went on his own rehab process? Sure. But uh, these are fixable problems. Remember last year, LaMarcus Aldridge wanted to be traded. He wasn't happy. He wasn't a good fit. Now, they're fine. He's fine. He's very much part of the roster. Matter of fact, Greg Popovich made a special point to point out just how bought in, how much he sold out, so that he was a part, he was a part of the Spurs' positive culture. It's a big thing. So my takeaway from that is one: Spurs aren't trading him, but two, and this is maybe the most important thing. Remember, at midseason in February, the Celtics, while they they weren't going to have Gordon Hayward, they did have Kyrie Irving, and they did look like they had a legitimate shot to at least compete in the East because in February. The Cavs did not look like a championship team. And with Gordon Hayward assured to return next year, with Kyrie Irving under contract next year, with a super young roster uh, that and, and more draft picks on the way, like this is a team, I, they have a pair of 10s. They're going to win next year. But Danny Ainge is going to stay one step ahead of it. Well, why have one pair of 10s when you can have two? Or you can have 21 and 21. Or what if, hell, the dealer, you know, the dealer is, the dealer is going to, you know, have 14, turn over a face guard, and, you know, you win two hands anyway. Why win one hand when you can win two? Which reminds me of the Golden State Warriors. Let's talk of the Warriors being interested in possibly talking to LeBron James, talking to Anthony Davis. And while there is concern, could this upset the apple cart with Clay Thompson? Could this upset the apple cart with Draymond Green? Look, Draymond Green wants to be compensated above his level of competency. He wants a supermax deal. That's great. He's invaluable, but he's not irreplaceable. And as much as we know Anthony Davis is a better player, the fact is that Anthony Davis's contract was signed previous uh, to the su- kind of Supermax sort of deal. He's not going to make the exact same amount of money as, and even if he was making the exact same amount of money, you'd make that deal in a heartbeat. The idea is this. Never, never be behind the curve. 
try and be ahead of the curve. Daryl Morey has struggled with this. Daryl Morey was ahead of the curve going to analytics basketball. But then he kind of had to hybridize it on the fly because he had a passion for catching the Golden State Warriors. You know what befell the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, right? The Thunder were always trying to ready themselves for a series with the Spurs, a series with the Lakers. Remember they had Kendrick Perkins and they would never part with Perk? Why'd they have that? Because you used to have to go through the Lakers with Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol. You used to have to go through the Spurs, who would have two big guys as well. Right? You couldn't. You could play small ball, but the thought was that if you wanted to win a championship in the West, you had to have two big guys to match the two big guys on both of the best rosters in the West. The Thunder were constantly chasing. The Thunder were a little bit behind the curve. Whereas... The Warriors were a little bit by luck ahead of the curve and now trying to stay, continue to stay ahead of the curve. I mean, think of their roster. Their roster is made up of diverse wings, versatile guys who can play, handle the ball, pass the ball, and then, of course, get the ball to their three prolific shooters. But they're going to try and stay ahead of the curve and try and find what the next wave of NBA is which is, it looks like this hybrid version of, yeah, they want to have ball movement, but they also want to have an ISO guy. Every other team is one or the other, right? Some teams are ball screen, ball movement teams. Some teams are ISO teams. They're trying to be both. The Warriors are ahead of the curve. The Celtics are ahead of the curve. Everybody else is playing catch-up and trying to catch up to the curve. I mean, just... Think back three years ago. The Warriors won 73 games. They had a three games to one lead in the NBA Finals. And you know what they did? They said, the hell with it. Let's go get Kevin Durant. Change our roster. The, the Boston Celtics last year had the best record in the Eastern Conference. They went to the Eastern Conference Finals. Didn't have Isaiah Thomas um, at the end of the Eastern Conference Finals, get beat by the Celtics, and they make a move. Get Kyrie Irving. They had Kyrie Irving, and of course they have a major injury after landing the number one free agent on the market last year in Gordon Hayward. And did they sit pat? No. They're looking at adding Kawhi Leonard. These are teams with two tens, and they're sitting there looking at, at, at the dealer. And the dealer's showing a five. They're like, well, you know, I, I could sit here and probably win this hand. I could win most hands staying pat. Dealer could turn over six. Or I could split this. And worst case scenario, I get a 17 and a 13, and I got to work my way towards winning one or two of those hands. Or I get two 21s. Or I get two 20s and be right back here again. It, it It's a... It's one of those strategies. Haven't you always wanted to be ahead of it? Haven't you always wanted to, hey, I want somebody who's buying when everybody else is selling, is selling when everybody else is buying? When I read this, this, this blurb from Adrian Wojnarowski that says the Boston Celtics mid-year, when they had the best record in the East, off, made a trade offer to the San Antonio Spurs, and the Spurs rebuffed it. Sure, I believe that the Spurs are going to re-sign Kawhi Leonard. 
But more than anything, I know the Celtics aren't done, aren't complacent, and are always going to try and make one more move to stay ahead of everybody else. Protecting your home team, Farmers Customizable Home Insurance Packages offer coverage options you can tailor for your home turf. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Find an agent at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Take you out to Shinnecock upcoming next. Shane Bacon is awesome. Plus his last name's Bacon, which is awesome. We'll ask him, does Tiger legitimately have a chance to win this thing after not being able to putt at all two weeks ago? That's upcoming next. But first... When you're snoring, you're not sleeping. I feel bad for whoever sl- sat next to me on the plane last night. It wasn't a red eye. It was uh, 4.30, got in at like 12.30 at night. And the second we took off, I have the rare ability to sleep on a plane. But I didn't have my Zipa with me. So I may end up on YouTube. I may end up on Snapchat. I may, I may have made somebody's flight completely miserable. But I, I'm not making my wife miserable, or at least as miserable at home as I used to. Why? Because I use a Zipa. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H dot com. Happy Z spelled backwards in case you forget at the time you're typing in. What, what Zipa? It's this revolutionary snoring mouthpiece that's an absolute game changer. If you're sleeping in separate bedrooms, if you're sleeping on the couch, if you're constantly being nudged in the middle of the night or all over, you're snoring. God, you're keeping all of us up. You need to get a Zipa. Go to Zipa.com. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. Zipa.com. Happy Z spelled backwards will make you sleep well at night. Zipa.com. There's a better way to buy home insurance with Progressive's new Home Quote Explorer, too. Get a custom quote and a great rate all online. See for yourself how much you could save at Progressive.com. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I was uh, co-hosting First Things First this morning on Fox Sports 1 when the news came down from Russia that uh, 2026 is going to be, uh, the, the World Cup's going to be played in the U.S., Canada, and Mexico, kind of a, a joint operation. Um, and Alexei Lalas, who, of course, is a Fox Sports soccer analyst and a former U.S. men's national team member in 94 when it was played in the States, uh, got super emotional. I mean, it's like, look, when it's your thing and it's, when it's your sport, when you have a passion for um, the USA to be, to be among the the nation, the, the world's elites, uh, you 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 love for those opportunities, and I do look. I think it reinvigorates soccer. Um, th- there's a there's kind of an interesting thing there with soccer, and one of the things I did not like with Jurgen Klinsmann was though it it was a great plan, and it probably would have brought us better talent had he had it, had we seen it through. Might even worked if we'd seen it through. Um, because Jurgen had such a deep-rooted base in Germany, you know, getting players who could have played for Germany but were born in Germany, but you know, military bases or military families, or whatever, trying to find a connection with with the U.S. I don't know. That just it it felt like something that happens in high schools, right? Which is you recruit players out of your district, they come in and they win a championship. And then you're sitting there going like, yeah, but it, isn't it better even if you lose in the state playoffs, you lose in the in the you lose a championship if you do it with kids that have all grown up together, right? Isn't that kind of part of the deal which makes it cool? And um, I don't know who will be coaching or who's managing U.S. soccer. I don't know enough about how it works. I do know this: 
soccer's big enough in this country and football's at a place in this country to where uh, we should be able to recruit some of the great athletes that play football. Here's the, this is the stone cold truth. We can compete internationally. If when you go to your high school, just once the best athlete in the high school plays soccer. I mean, just ask yourself the, the best athletes in your, I went to a really good public high school in Orange County, California. Okay. It's a high school that's produced Sean Green, Mark Grace, Deshaun Foster, Frosty Rucker, um, me, I mean, I, I played there. I was, wasn't, wasn't at the level of those guys being a pro. I was pretty good in the day. I, I, I don't know one guy. I don't know anybody who played soccer. I don't. Now, I, I'll grant you that maybe so- soccer wasn't as big as 20, oh man, 23 years ago. I graduated high school, 23 years ago. M- music, you went to high school in the Valley, right? I did not, Doug. I went to college oh, in the you Valley. You've Tor- Torrance? South Torrance, yeah. Okay, so Torrance. And for people who don't know what Torrance is, Torrance is um, Manhattan Beach is where all the um, uh, interesting folk live. With that's that's a good cash area. People from outside, people who moved to LA um, and got some money, or guys that you know, guys in their forties, some of them get divorced. Like Manhattan Beach, where the money. Torrance is where kind of the real people are. It's like. Blue collar, kind of middle class, lower to upper middle class, kind of varying. But Torrance is a good area for athletes. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, it's not known. The public schools aren't ever known as being like powerhouse schools. But yeah, the athletics is fairly good. I'd say above average. I mean, generally, I mean, like, look, you don't, rich areas generally don't produce uh, uh, great, great athletes. It's, It's middle class and on down produce kind of the best athletes. And I'm just wondering... I'm wondering, uh, the best athletes in your high school played what sport? Usually basketball and football. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, look, that's where, and, and I understand that this is, it goes way deeper and we, it's, it's about soccer being taught the right way at a very young age. And we, we do a terrible job of teaching soccer and we're trying and trying and trying to change that. I also understand that, you know, kids don't play pickup soccer like they play pickup basketball. By the way, a lot of kids don't play pickup basketball anymore, you know, and with with the disappearance of parks in inner cities, you don't have baseball, you don't have sandlot baseball, you don't have pickup soccer, heck, you don't have pickup anything anymore. But the fact is that until we get to a place to which the best athletes in our schools play soccer, we got no chance. We got no chance. If Tyreek Hill learned to play soccer. You mean to tell me we wouldn't be better than everybody else? Like, just think, I want you to think about that for a second. If Tyreek Hill was a soccer player, if Tavon Austin, Austin, Tavon Austin's been generally a bust, correct? Number Was he the number nine pick in the draft? Something ridiculous in the Rams. And of course, now he's a Dallas Cowboy. But, but just think, if we have Tavon Austin and Tyreek Hill, who beats us? Nobody, not a single country, nobody, nobody. I mean, and then think of, I mean, hell, I mean, I'm not even, I'm, I'm not even saying LeBron James. 
Like, don't have to go to LeBron James or put Kawhi Leonard in goal. Like, can you imagine Kawhi Leonard trained to be a goalie? Like, dude, it's oh, he learns the angles, he learns the movement. It's it's over, over. But we're just not we're not there. We don't. It's not cool to us. It just isn't cool to us. And I think, look, now is the time. Now is the time. Because football is like, we're like, oh, hey, football causes brain damage. Maybe I don't want to send my kid to play football. But we just have done a terrible job of getting the sport to where the athletes are. To un- Like, here's the, here's the, you know, I want to know the other big difference. In the rest of the world, one of the reasons soccer is so popular and so easy to be played and taught is because all you need is a pair of cleats, a dirt pitch, a dirt field. It's cheap. In the States, it's crazy expensive. They don't have inner city soccer programs. The soccer programs that are in the suburbs are incredibly expensive. Then you got to get to a club team. You got to get to, like, they're just, it's too much. The soccer players are here. They're, you know, I'm watching Josh Gordon say, well, I got the best wide receivers in the league. Imagine Josh Gordon in the soccer field. If he was trained from the age of like 10 to be a great soccer player, who beats us? Zero. Not anybody. Cars are a lot like sports. You got the right tools if you want to go far. Luckily, AutoZone has a free loan and tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. Stop in today. Deposits required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Let's check in with Isaac Lowenkron. Then we'll get to Shane Bacon who's going to join us live from Shinnecock Hills. Isaac, what's new? Good afternoon, Doug. We begin by looking into the future. There are only two guarantees for life in the year 2026. One is that the Washington Capitals will still be celebrating their Stanley Cup championship, and the other was made official earlier today in Russia. We have a winner for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. The member associations of Canada, Mexico, and USA have been selected by the FIFA Congress to host the 2026 FIFA World Cup. The United States will be the main host for 60 of the 80 matches. Canada and Mexico will host 10 matches each. One day before the start of this year's World Cup, Spain abruptly fired its head coach, Julian Lopetegui, whose name translated into English ironically means David Blatt. (laughs) Anyway, speaking of the NBA, Adrian Orch... Isaac will be here all week, by yes. the way. Try the deal. Their new head coach is Teron Liu. Speaking of the NBA, Adrian Wojnarowski reports that Nick Nurse's deal to become the new head coach of the Toronto Raptors is for three years and a total of nearly $10 million. And finally, one Major League Baseball game in the books. The Braves blank the Mets 2-0. Freddie Freeman driving in both runs with an RBI single and a home run. Doug, back to you. Uh, what'd you say about Freddie Freeman? I'm sorry, I was, I was, I was, I was, I was being so rudely interrupted by my producer trying to tell me what's coming up next. What'd Dro- you say, Isaac? Drove in both runs, RBI single and a home run. So it was all. How about Freddie how quickly Freeman. the Braves have remade themselves? The Is baby that really Braves. Mm-hmm. I mean, they completely remade themselves in a year and a half. Uh, thanks so much, Isaac. Doug Gottlieb show Fox Sports Radio. Shane Bacon covers golf for Fox Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Shane Bacon. He has an outstanding podcast called The Clubhouse. And he joins us, I believe, from Shinnecock Hills. Um, there's a bunch I want to get to, but the first thing is everyone's talking about how ridiculously bad the traffic is. Is it as bad as people say? <laughs> you know, I am on, luckily, the east side of the golf course. And um, if you're east of the golf course, it's like a, it's like a summer day. 
And if you're west of the golf course, uh, I think as Joe Buck said, you better have good reception because you're going to be on your phone in your car all morning long. Mm, that bad, huh? Uh, should I chop her in? Me and Clay Travis are going to share an Uber. Should we chop her in? I, <laughs> I know New York has the Uber choppers. I don't think it's a bad idea. It depends on how much your time's worth. But if you're leaving Manhattan and getting here, it's going to take you about three hours. They do have that pop-up station at Penn Station, though. So uh, the train, I don't think, is going to be the worst idea. Yeah, I, I might do the... Uh... <clears throat> I might do the um, might do the train as well. Shane Bacon joining us. Um, I want to talk about Tiger and some of the other golfers, but any of us who follow golf who remember the last time Shinnecock got a chance to host the U.S. Open, it was an abject disaster. Some of it man-made, some of it based upon um, the, you know the greenskeepers and and what they did and didn't do and how they watered the greens and they tried to save it on the fly and it made it probably even worse. What's the condition of the course like? Well, it's 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 a lot softer and, and a lot and a lot uh, more wet than uh, than we saw it in '04. I mean, it's uh, they, they had a crazy wet spring. They had a crazy cold winter. Um, so it's it's drier than when we were out here. We were out here about three weeks ago for media day, and um, it was really soft. I mean, way softer than you'd ever expect to see Shinnecock Hills. And uh, one of the bummers is I think they were finally getting it to where they wanted, and I'm currently standing under an umbrella. So um, it's been raining for about the last six seven hours here just kind of on and off so you're going to see it a lot softer start thursday it's going to i mean the morning wave i think on thursday is going to be at a big advantage just because they're going to get to play this golf course like it is right now where you can throw shots into these greens and i'll actually stay but the forecast appears starting on thursday and going on through the weekend that you're going to see 15 20 mile an hour winds and no rain so i could see saturday and sunday at playing firm like they want but it's not going to be anything like 04 it's just they, they couldn't let it get to what it was in 04 right now with, with the current kind of a kind of conditions they have now and what they went through the last four or five months. Uh, so it'll be, it'll be super long. And obviously we know the rough will be, uh, will be kind of tricked up. And even if it's, if it's soft, it's still, they're still going to be rolling on those, uh, on those undulated greens, those hilly greens. Um, so it, it, it feels a little bit like the conditions, although softer, kind of have a, a British open feel to it. Is that fair? I think that's that's. I think it's fairly accurate. I mean, if you look down at the golf course right now, I'm standing on the first tee right now, um, and I'm getting bad looks from people. But you know, if you look out, it's uh, you know you've kind of got that fog look to it, and um, the wind and the wisp and kind of the misty rain going. So yeah, it does feel very open, championship-ish. Uh, you know, the one thing here that is a defense the golf course has, especially right now, is. Uh, you know, the fairways are wider, but this rough is, is the most gnarly rough I've ever seen. I mean, if you get in this stuff, I mean, there's going to be guys losing golf balls with, you know, people out there looking for the ball. I mean, that's how, uh, that's how, how gnarly this stuff is. And I think with it being this wet right now, if you hit in there tomorrow at any point, it's going to make it a lot harder to even get your ball out of it. So premium on getting the ball in the fairway. I mean, you're going to hear a lot of people say, you know, it's going to be a bomber's golf course and the Dustin Johnson's and the Rory's are going to be at an advantage, but if you miss these fairways, you're going to make bogeys. I mean, if you miss three, four, five fairways in a round, you're going to shoot over par. It's just that's just how this golf course is. Okay, let's get to the the, the elephant in the room, Tiger Woods, who uh, it was kind of crazy two weeks ago because I don't remember him driving the ball as well as he he drove the ball. On the other hand, I don't remember him putting as poorly right. as he putted the ball. And this is a golf course to which you're right; you got to stay in the fairway. But it also, I mean, again, in some of it I take from last time at Shinnecock, but it's also the makeup of U.S. Open courses. You better be able to putt. What's your level of confidence that he can continue driving the ball as straight as he's been driving the ball recently? 
I mean, I think that this is a U.S. Open course that he could have a lot of a lot of success at, and I think that because of how the way they've changed it over the last few years. I mean, the fairways are so much wider that you don't have to hit a lot of drivers. I was talking to a couple of players earlier this week, saying they'll hit four and five drivers, you know, around. Um, that's a good thing for Tiger Woods. You know, he doesn't have to pull a driver out a lot. He can hit three wood. He can hit that stinger two iron. No, that's a good thing for him. So. I think he can play here. I really, really do. You know, if you look at his statistics this season, you know, approaches to the green and around the green, he's in the top ten in every single one of them. And uh, I think he's having kind of an underrated season. I know we talk about him all the time, but I think he's almost having a little bit of an underrated season. I think really the one thing he's missing is a win. So I think I think we could see him get in contention. I was, you know, we were in a, we have like kind of a group text chain with all the broadcasters just for stuff, and we were coming out here to do some stuff a little bit ago, and it was raining pretty decent. And Tiger's on the driving range at 3 p.m. on a on a Wednesday before U.S. Open, grinding in the rain. I mean, you know, that that's something you don't see much. You definitely hasn't seen over the last few years. So I think he knows that this is a place that we could see some success from. All right, so let's take Tiger out of it. Is Rory the 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 most likely guy? Is it Speed? Man, Nick, I don't know. Incredible... If you say, I think you got to go Dustin right now, with just what he did in Memphis and a couple of wins already this season and that type of stuff. I mean. You know, this is every, it just seems like I say this a lot, but this is a golf course that Dustin Johnson could play well at. I just like every golf course is like that. But, you know, the way he's played this season, he has one finish outside the top 25 all year long. I mean, he's always in the conversation, you know. So I would say that if you're, if you're playing the on-paper game, um, Dustin is a really, really good on-paper guy. And then outside of that, you know, you've got four or five guys, the Rory's, the Rickies, and those types of people that, that are, I think would have a chance as well. And he gave and he gave away two U.S. Opens, right? I mean, he, he, here's a guy who absolutely, you know, get, you know, one with the penalty, and then the other one with the choke. Well, the, the choke. penalty was the penalty was at a uh, you know the penalty was at a PJ Championship. But yeah, the, you're, you're the, right, the, the you're right, you're right. But it was it, let, let me let me correct myself. It was at it was also though at a Link style golf course. Right, right, for sure. Whistling Straits is very, very much like what you see with the U.S. Open. So yes, absolutely, and uh, and so yeah, I mean. I think he's a different player now. I, I mean, you know, he, he might still look like the same guy, but, you know, how much time he puts in it, what he's done with the short game, what he's done with the approaches from 70 to 80 yards. I mean, he's a different guy. You know, I feel like he almost doesn't get enough credit for how much work he's done. You know, he works so hard at this. And um, and he works so hard with the with, literally with his wedges. I mean, he's on the driving range for hours at a time hitting 60-yard pitch shots. You know, <laughs> I would get so bored doing that, but he understands that that's where his bread, you know, is buttered. I mean, that's where he – can really, really pick up strokes on the field. So, you know, he's the type of guy that has, has done what he needed to do to get to be the best in the world. That's why he's number one in the world, and that's what we're seeing. So I um, I think Dustin's got a really good chance. I, I, I talked to the head pro out here in the latest Clubhouse podcast, and he said that Rory and Ricky spent the most time of anybody out here um, just kind of like, like picking brains of caddies and players and members and just trying to figure out exactly how to play this golf course. It's a really, really tricky golf course. You know, every hole goes in a different direction. So basically you're playing in a different wind on every single hole. They've mixed in long par threes with short par threes. I mean, it is a really, really well-designed golf course considering it was built in 1891. I mean, it's crazy to think that the guy could do all this without, you know, the modern technology we have today. But, you know, it's, it's going to take, take those guys not just playing, you know, solid golf, but playing really smart golf as well. Um, you, you mentioned Ricky. He's he's recently gotten engaged. Um, he won the players, but he's that guy. He's, you know, probably the most talented of the young guys who hasn't won a major yet. Right. Um, is this is this a place that he could legitimately win? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Just 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 with how straight he hits his driver and how confident he is inside of ten feet, I think so. He's been on pick all year, and I'm not shying away from him. I mean, he's been the guy that I've said. From the start, I think this golf course sets up well for him. So, 
I mean, I'd, I'd love to see him get in the hunt. You know, I just I, – I know Ricky's been so close. He had an unbelievable season back in 2014 where he finished in the top five in all the majors. I mean, the only guys that had ever done that were Jack and Tiger at the time. Jordan Spieth able to do it the next year. But I think – I mean, he does – I don't think – you know, I said that about Tiger this year about a season. I don't think Ricky gets enough credit for what he's done. And he just doesn't have the wins to prove it. But, you know, he's been close. And I think what he did that final round at Augusta, you know, that was uh, – that was he did everything he needed to do except for have a guy make a bogey. You know, I mean, if Patrick Reed makes a five on 17, it's a completely different ball game. And uh, Reed just didn't really falter. So, I, I can see Ricky getting the hunt here. I, I think he's, he's done his prep. I think he's done his homework. And I think he's, uh, he's patient. I'm going to say the word patient a lot on the broadcast this week. Very patient. And that's what you need to do when you play a golf course like this. How different is the U.S. Open with Tiger not just in it, but Tiger seemingly competitive uh, in terms of where his oh, game is? It's, I mean, it's, you know, it's crazy. It's the perfect, I keep calling, telling people, this is the perfect storm U.S. Open. I mean, it's a golf course that some say is the best U.S. Open venue. Um, there's nothing to go against. I mean, besides the World Cup, you know, you don't have basketball playoffs, you don't have hockey playoffs. Uh, baseball still in June, you know, there hasn't, there's not a lot to battle with. Uh, you know, the French wrapped up, Wimbledon's just kind of getting going. You know, this is kind of the, the, the show in this side of the pond that people are going to care about. And on top of that, we have a competitive Tiger Woods. I mean, you know, what more could you ask for? I keep saying, we just if I threw eight names up in the air and four landed, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, we'd be very, very happy over here because we, I just think, uh, you know, you get a, a Spieth and a, and a Tiger in the hunt or you get a Ricky and a Rory in the hunt and, you know, people are going to be glued to their TV because this golf course is that good and the field is that good, and you're seeing this many good guys play and win already. The guys that haven't won this season that, that, that quote-unquote matter are, are Jordan Spieth and Tiger and Ricky, and that's it. I mean, everybody else has won, so uh, we're pumped. I mean, as you can no, hear, listen, I'm, I'm, we're, I'm, we're fired I'm, up. I'm with you. I understand and, and respect the depth of quality golfers that are in their athletic prime, but let's be honest, like America wants – if, if oh, Tiger's there, the numbers will be huge. If Tiger's not there, the numbers won't. I mean, that's just the way it's been, no matter 100%. how good the rest of the guys are. I agree. If, if Tiger, if Tiger, if Tiger's involved, it'll be, it'll feel like, uh, I mean, it'll feel feel like a game seven of a of the NBA playoffs or a Super Bowl. I mean, it's going to feel crazy big here. Yeah, great stuff, Shane. We look forward to seeing you possibly at a watering hole uh, somewhere in the Hamptons. In the meantime, uh, get off that first tee. Everybody's going to be giving you the stink eye. East, east of the course, Doug Gottlieb. East of the golf course. Remember that. East of the Gulf. Well, it's kind of hard when you're coming from the west to I'm get east of the Gulf. I'm just telling you, get east and then don't ever leave. That's the key. Okay, get east, don't ever leave. Now, my hotel right. is, is far too well. Shane Bacon covers golf for Fox Sports. The coverage of the U.S. Open starts tomorrow on Fox Sports 1 at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. First-round pick and Heisman Trophy winner Lamar Jackson is already a bust. Real news or fake news? Find out next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm -hmm. Soccer guy's really mad at me, music. Soccer guy's really, really mad at me because I tweeted out that, like, look, Tavon Austin... Russell Westbrook, Tyreek Hill, the, the the next wave of those guys, if they're playing soccer from a young age, we got a much better shot. We just do. It's no disrespect to Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey, but come on, man. Like, what are we talking about? Like, Russell Westbrook might be the best, the most athletic professional athlete in any sport. Right? Like, uh, he's bigger than Lamar Jackson. He's stronger than Lamar Jackson. 
I don't know if he's as fast, but I believe he jumps higher than Lamar Jackson. So, again, if his skill was developed at a young age combined with that freak athleticism, and by the way, Russell Westbrook is crazy smart. Just, just so people understand, he's crazy smart. Like, that's the one thing. It was like, well, you know, it's not all about athleticism. Sure, it's about athletic intelligence as well. All right, fine. You know, a lot of these dudes are crazy. Lamar, I mean, uh, we've talked about it before. LeBron James, crazy smart. Kyrie Irving, crazy smart. These guys have athletic and individual intelligence. They under, they have spatial awareness. They, they have great bodies. Tremendous skill within their sport. And if you can develop the hand-eye coordination with your hands in basketball, it's a harder sport to play than, than soccer. I'm sorry. It just is. It's harder to do things with your hands while working with your feet. Don't get me wrong. Dudes that, like, I remember when we lost Argentina in the CONCAP Cup, I was like, why why does the ball stick to their feet when they pass to each other? I don't know how that works. But it's from years and years and years and years of the right training and practice, which is what we would do. But we're at an athletic advantage in every other sport. How are we not at an athletic advantage in soccer? Somebody explain that to me. Because our best athletes aren't playing it. Let's get to a game. This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Protecting your home team. Farmers customizable home insurance packages offer coverage options you can tailor for your home turf. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Discover home coverage options and more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Isaac Lowenkron. What's the game? Doug, let's see what we got for you today. Real news, fake news. Excellent. Let's start in the NFL where former Dolphins wide receiver, now with the Cleveland Browns, Jarvis Landry told NFL Network today he's happy with where he's at in Cleveland, but he does miss the rapport he had with his former quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Real news or fake news? Um... That sounds like real news. You are fake news. And he actually said to NFL Network today, I have not heard from Tannehill. I'm not surprised. We didn't really have a good relationship. Yeah, I don't think he had a good relationship with a lot of people down there. That's why they got rid of him, despite the fact that he he was so productive. According to reports, Baltimore Ravens players are concerned that Lamar Jackson relies too much on his athleticism and might not have what it takes to be a true drop-back passer in the NFL. Real news or fake news? Who said that? Uh, Multiple Baltimore Ravens players. That's fake news. You are fake news. Right on. Receiver Chris Moore said that he is in awe of the way Jackson moves around the field. Linebacker C.J. Mosley said of Jackson, once he gets out of the pocket, it's like watching a young Michael Vick. It's amazing to watch. High praise indeed. Eagles head yeah, coach. It's, listen, they're all talking about how great an athlete he is outside the pocket. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's that. No one has ever questioned his athleticism, ever. What can you do in the pocket? Can you read a defense? Can you manipulate the pocket? Can you go through progressions? All of those things, he's got work to do. From the AFC to the NFC, Eagles head coach Doug Peterson telling reporters it's time for them to, quote, rip off the dog masks and embrace being the hunted, unquote. Real news or fake news? Sounds like real news. They're real and they're spectacular. Indeed, and finally, time for one more. When discussing Khalil Mack's current holdout, Raiders head coach John Gruden said, Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your 
Oops, I hit the wrong button there. He said the right thing for him to do would be to show up and get better like everyone else. Unquote. Real news or fake news? That sounds like real news. You are fake news. Ooh. Actually said one of the big reasons I came here was to coach that man. There's a lot of guys in the league, several in a similar situation, and we're just trying to resolve it as soon as possible. Unquote. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, Bob Myers cracked a joke at Kevin Durant's expense. Some people took it one way. Some took it another. I'll give you my take next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, I'm ready for a great, great sports weekend. And uh, look, sometimes you just end up kind of hitting things at the right time. Got a chance to be on Fox Sports 1 earlier today. So proud to be a part of this company. Got the U.S. Open World Cup. I mean... Uh, viewership numbers obviously going to spike. Uh, we'll talk some about that this hour. Uh, joining you live from New York City, getting ready to go out to Shinnecock Hills, side of the U.S. Open, which you can see on Fox Sports 1 starting tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Welcome in. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, I, I, look, I'm okay. There, there's a, it's, it's interesting. I was reading that article, the Kevin Durant article, and there was a bunch of things in it. And one of the things in it was that Kevin Durant has, in his assimilation to the Golden State Warriors, they didn't know how to take him. And I, I think he drops F-bombs and F-bombs a lot. He talks a lot of trash. And he just said, like, hey, look, that's the household I grew up in. And so some people think that runs counter to the why do you have burner accounts? But the fact is that he also, he's like, look, I like to argue about basketball. I like to, you know, and... Look, I grew up in that. But part of that is kind of, that's how athletics are. That's how sports are. You... Uh, you know, there's a there's a a trash talking element. There's a I I just think that athletes talking trash to other athletes, busting chops or busting you know what chops really are. It's just it's just different. And sometimes sometimes people outside of it don't know how to take it. They just don't. So I'm going to play for you something that Bob Myers said. It's Bob Myers and Steve Kerr kind of one two punching on Kevin Durant. Uh, at uh, when they were up at the parade on stage yesterday when the Golden State Warriors celebrated their third title in four years. I'll play that for you in a second. Um, but there's there's a lot there's a lot that kind of goes in goes into this. You do always run the risk when you start talking b- trash back and forth of offending somebody. You just do. And look, this is a, we're in 2018 where people wake up. And they look at their phone and they want who's who can who are we offended by and how quickly can we get them fired based upon something they said or something they tweeted. Right. That's who we who are we offended by? I woke up. It's today is June 13th. Who am I offended by? It's fair. Completely fair. That's the world in which we live in. So I think that's part of how this was how it was taken. Um. Last weekend, guys, I was uh, I was playing. My son likes to play catch more than any human being I've ever met, and we do we do like two or three things when we play. He's a first, left-handed, plays first base, he pitches, so we warm up, and then he'll pitch to me, and he's nine, so I taught him a little bit about throwing a curveball. You know, I mean that's the coolest thing ever. He tries to throw a two seamer, a four seamer, and a little bit. I let him throw a couple of curveballs. 
And then, you know, we do, we do like a routine, throw 10 strikes, how many in a row can you throw? And then we start doing some first base stuff. And then we do pop flies, but pop flies, you got to do like 10 top 10 plays. Right. So he goes and he tumbles and he falls on his wrist. And whereas I used to tell joke with him and tell him he was soft. Now I've taken the complete opposite tact. Ramos, you can appreciate this. He kind of fell on his wrist trying to make a spectacular catch. And he was sitting there crying, you know, wailing away as if he killed himself. And I ran over, kind of uh, almost patronized him a little bit, asked him if we need to call a doctor, pretend to call 911, you know, try to put his arm in like a proverbial air cast. And are you okay? Are you okay? Anyway, uh, my son is really cute. He looks like my wife, thankfully. And in an effort to find levity, I looked at his nose and he's got, he's kind of got some nose hairs coming in, which might need, might need, might need to be trimmed up, you know? So I said, dang dude, your nose hairs are kind of hanging out of your nose. And he tried to like smack me a little bit playfully. So, and I was like, dude, don't, don't smack me. Somebody talks a little trash to you. You can talk a little trash back. So I'll, I'll tell you off. He said my, he said the, um, the bags under my eyes look like a <clears throat> part of the lower part of my body. It was really funny and I was cracking up and I was like, all right, this dude gets a little trash talk. So I, I think some of it is how you're brought up. Some of it is like, if you've ever been in a locker room and it's one of the reasons it's really hard to convey locker room or even inner office trash talk to somebody outside of the office. I'm going to play this for you. And we'll go kind of around and find out if the other guys are in any way offended. Here's Bob Myers yesterday at the championship parade. And then I heard you tell Kevin Durant he can have whatever contract he wants next year. Yeah, that was just for the media. He can't have anything <laughs> like that at all. Mid-level. Yeah, mid-level, <laughs> behind closed doors. Because I think story. last year you told Steph he could have any contract he wants, too. Yeah. So Well, yeah, that was different. He, well, he's, he's been here from the run, you know, the way before days. He's earned it. <laughs> cohesion right there. So that's, when, that's when it began. The first Fisher. Uh, music, did you take that as too far below the belt? No, I didn't. But I'm similar to you in that I have a very high threshold to be crossed in order for something to be considered actually offensive. And I do sort of understand and kind of grew up, I guess, playing sports in that realm of you know taking shots at one another and having some good-hearted jokes and back and forth banter without anyone taking it too serious into heart um yeah i mean that, that that's how I mean, like i, I have a, a, a generally high threshold for most things and i and i think i think it's a sports background i also think it's my family that's that's how we were ramos what about you were you would do you think there's any reason to be offended not at all no i thought it was pure fun I'm sure all the great stuff that the, he's done for Kevin Durant during this season and last season is not going to be put into one sentence he says right there and thrown out a window. So I, I, I'm all good with that. It, look, they just won the championship, having a good time. It sounds like it was also set up pretty good too. So, nope, I'm with you and with Ryan. It's all good. I, I think what I think again, we're reaction, we're reacting to some people in the front row going, oh, exactly. right. That that's what we're reacting to, because. 
it's not it's not actually offensive that he wasn't there the whole time. And they're they are going to give him a supermax deal. There is no negotiation taking place. The only negotiation will be like, hey, do you want it to be for the max length or do you want are we gonna go back and forth about years? Like how do you what's the smartest way to do this? Yeah. It, it's just I think it's one of the really interesting things. This happened with the Zach Martin thing and um and Richie Incognito, right? Like if you read texts of people, I remember there's a there's a, there's a, an assistant coach, I think he's still I, I'm trying to th- I think he's still at Baylor, who uh, they, they pulled his cell phone records, and you know, if you read the text, he was like, "Look, if you don't get us this player, you know we're going we're like we're going to deport if he doesn't come here, we're going to deport him or something like that." And like when you if you read it in print, you're like, "Whoa, that's harsh like that. But again, this is like saying somebody's a Nazi. Like you don't mean they're going to murder ten million people, right? Like the soup. Like I, I wonder if the soup Nazi episode came out. If you said soup Nazi in two thousand eighteen, if people were would be offended. I, I just, I just wonder. I really, really wonder. And we have become the who offends us and how can we get them fired. And and I also thought the host did a great job of going like, oh, the first fissure. The first crack, you know, there goes, and Steve Kerr said, well, there goes our team chemistry, right? I mean, look, just don't take yourself too seriously. You got to be willing to take a chop busting. And it's pretty obvious that even though Kevin Durant has been seen as sensitive, like, look, he may be sensitive to how some fan thinks, but not to Bob Myers, who is a player, an agent, a general manager, and helped lure Kevin Durant and in the SI article said, the great thing about Kevin Rant is he tells you exactly how he's feeling. Well, we just take things way too seriously. Do you think the it's because the Warriors are sort of getting on the same plane as the Patriots in that any little tiny thing that can be remotely construed as like controversial or not everyone being on the same page, people are immediately hoping that it could just mean the downfall of their success because we're tired of seeing them win all the time. Yeah, I think so. I'm like, look, I'm tired of Draymond Green. I mean, I, and I and I like how Draymond Green plays for the most part, but I'm I'm tired of the Draymond Green. We ain't cut from the same like the the tough guy. Like I just do. I think that Draymond Green is tough. I do. Do I think he's a really is an integral part of what they do? I do. I just I tired the Draymond Green act. You know, like let's just let's just be honest. I'm I'm we're we're all kind of tired of it. I think people even tired of the Steph Curry thing, even though I think Steph Curry is what he purports himself to be. You know, um, I I think that's a lot of it. I I don't think it's the Patriots because, like, look the Patriots. Are I think they're a gray area team, but people think they're cheaters, right? Whether it's Deflategate or Spygate, whatever they. And I also think it's that the Patriots have been unwilling to play ball with Bill Belichick, not not giving us anything, any sort of insight into it. Um, but some of it is just that's what we do, like right? We cheer for you when you're on your way up, and then we hope to we hope to root for you to be on your way down. That's kind of who, sadly that's a snapshot of our society. That's a little bit of it. I've heard such massive overreaction. Like Tim Kawakami, who's a good columnist, writes for The Athletic, was like, whoa, it was really, uh, you know, awkward. 
No, it wasn't. It wasn't awkward. They didn't talk about personal life. He didn't even talk about, you know, Kevin Durant and Bur- he didn't. There was no burner account talk. That would have been a lot more personal, a lot more awkward. Uh, I, I think the big news of the day in the NBA is that the Celtics, at least at midseason in February, were trying to make a trade to acquire Kawhi Leonard. We'll take you to Boston upcoming next. Protecting your home team. Farmers Customizable Home Insurance Packages offer coverage options you can tailor for your home turf. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Discover home coverage options and more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Dan Shaughnessy is a longtime columnist for the Boston Globe. I'll get his thoughts on Kyrie Irving not being ready to commit to the Celtics long term and report that the Patriots were shopping Rob Gronkowski days before the draft. That's upcoming next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. So Kyrie Irving met with the media yesterday. Look, and this is one of those deals to where he's trying to promote his Uncle Drew movie. And he didn't want to get sucked into the kind of vortex of... And I was also surprised no one asked him about why'd you have nasal surgery and you weren't, you didn't attend game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Look, I talked to people in Boston and they've told me, like, look, it was completely necessary to get it done at that time so that he could get back to on-court workouts, like, so it all, all fit in with his rehab schedule. All right. All right, fine. I'll, 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 and I, and I talked to somebody who's super close to Kyrie who told Kyrie when he got traded, when he got traded, he told Kyrie, dude, you just hit the lotto. Don't ever leave. Like this idea that Kyrie Irving would be running from Boston, a place that has made Isaiah Thomas into an MVP candidate. Terry Rozier, who's a backup into scary Terry. Like he'd be the first player uh, since Brad Stevens became a head coach in the NBA to perform below his normal level instead of massively above his normal level playing for Brad, especially the point guard position. So I don't think he's going anywhere, but just Kyrie just, he has this weird way of not being willing, you know, in the, he just, he wants, he's very, very smart, but sometimes you can be too smart. When you're trying to constantly outsmart the room, when you're doing the world is flat thing, you know, when you're doing the, Hey, financially, it doesn't make sense to, to commit long-term thing. When you're trying to make all these, you just come across in a way to which is, it's not about relatable. It's just like, wait, dude, are you in on this thing? Or are you just trying to, are you just constantly trying to be smarter than everybody? In, like, you don't have to always be smarter than everybody in the room. I'll give you an example. There is, there's a sports TV show, which there are parts of uh, the style of show to which I watch. And I go, oh, that's an interesting discussion. The issue with it is it's two guys that are constantly trying to show you how smart they are. And when you do that, I don't know if it's showing an insecurity. I don't know if it just doesn't come off as well. It just, dude, just say what you think and think what you say. 
I read this. Uh, the Boston Celtics made a trade offer to San Antonio before the February deadline, but the Spurs turned it down. The Spurs never made a counterproposal. League sources said San Antonio wasn't willing to discuss deals for Kawhi Leonard in February. So far this spring, the Spurs remain hesitant to trades. So it's pretty obvious that Boston, remember, in February, this was when Kyrie was still healthy for his knee. And and look, remember, he didn't re-injure his knee. He had a wire in his knee that they had taken out. It was bothering him. Then he had some screws, one of which I believe was at least partially infected. That can be a major problem if it becomes fully infected. This is all dating back to the four years ago NBA Finals. That's when the screws were put in. So it's still dealing with that injury. He's expected to make a full recovery, but aren't we all when we have surgery? If there was infection and got into the bone, that's a big, big problem, and it could lead to an arthritic knee. But there's just, just this thing about Kyrie to which you're like, I can't quite figure him out. Here's Kyrie Irving when he was asked about teaming up with LeBron James and his future with the Celtics. Yeah, like I said, in this business, you, I've, I've kind of experienced it all, and I've, I've seen a lot, so... Um, you know, we'll see what management decides. Contracts or financially just wouldn't make any sense. But my attitude is, is really just redemption next year. Um, obviously, it's a business at the end of the day. Ownership and management, they're going to feel what's best for our future. And, you know, I'm fully supportive of it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lack of everything he said. Like, tomorrow, next year is about redemption. You would think that means with the Boston Celtics. But there's just a lack of passion and energy in the matter-of-fact way in which he answers questions. And look, he can say, hey, look, man, I'm just trying to sell the movie Uncle Drew. But, dude, this is the first time we've heard from you since the NBA Finals are over, since LeBron lost. There's a bunch to talk about. Let's welcome in Dan Shaughnessy, longtime columnist, Boston Globe. How did I know that he's right? He's, look, he's right. This is He's right. Financially, it makes no sense to extend his contract. There's like a one year and $70 million difference between if he did it this year and if he does the same thing next year. But isn't there something about how he relays what he's thinking, what he's feeling that kind of somehow misses the mark? Well, I think, uh, you know, that answer that you played there is pretty self-explanatory. It would have been very easy to say, sure, I'd play with a guy. Why not? You know, and he's definitely telling you he doesn't want to do that. I don't blame him. And I think that the notion that they would entertain the prospect is offensive to him and, and kind of goes to what you just said about why would you, you know, go to the length to extend yourself now at this point. I'm sure he wants to see how this plays out. He got, he got here because he wanted to get away from LeBron. He doesn't want to be back with LeBron. I mean, I don't blame him. It's unfortunate that that appears to be the case. And uh, the, the Celtics, you know, they've been pretty good at being secretive about things in the past and talking to people and this will be a, <laughs> a challenge to pull this one off. Um, do you think that they, that they would, would legitimately make a move? Uh, Danny Ainge is a big, bold thinker. And, uh, you know, he, I'm sure he already knows what he wants to do and, uh, we won't know that, but, uh, you know, they went for Durant. Uh, I think they went for Leonard. Uh, they obviously went for Kyrie Irving. This is what they do. And it, no, it would not surprise me but it's in their best interest to keep it on the down low and not further offend uh, Irving, who was their best player last year by a lot. Okay, so this this is what's 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 fascinating to me. Fascinating to me is there's there's this there's this narrative to people who watch the playoffs that somehow now he's not their best player. I was like, did we did what? Right? Like I I, yeah. I understand that the young guys played well. I understand that they <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah. 
uh, they have a higher ceiling and a, that ceiling can be whatever it is, can be reached earlier than maybe anybody thought possible. But like, look, you're talking about a, a rookie who averaged 14 a game in the regular season, as opposed to a guy who's dominated yeah. the NBA finals and, and hit a game winning shot in a game seven. I, I, like I, I don't, why are we doing this? Why are we trying to act like Kyrie's not the best player? We're actually doing the same thing with Gordon Hayward. It's like we've all forgotten Gordon Hayward was a 22-and-a-half-point-a-game guy who's gotten better every year and was an all-star in the West and was the most sought-after free agent who can play four positions both offensively and defensively. And we're like, yeah, those guys have been passed because they were hurt. No, everything you say is true. I mean, if they stand pat, they're the favorites to win the conference. Unless LeBron goes to Philly, I suppose that certainly would change uh, the the direction a little bit, I suppose. But Boston, they're loaded, and they're in good shape. And we loved what they did in the playoffs and having the experience for the young guys. But, you know, don't forget, you know, Game 7 against the Cavs, they missed like a 1,000 three-pointers. You know, <laughs> it was over 10 from threes, and, and that's not Kyrie Irving. That's not going to happen to him. I mean, he's an established, proven guy. The only caveat, I think, with Irving is, you know, a 26-year-old guy with knee history, that tends to not go in, the, in a good direction. So I, that could be something that they're they're you know antsy about i don't know i i said earlier dan chonesy boston globe does an awesome job has for years uh covering all sports i want to get your thoughts on the patriots but i i thought when i read adrian warjanowski's column that said uh that said mid-season they they uh made an offer for a trade for Kawhi leonard and remember, at that point in time, and I don't know exactly what they were around the trade deadline, they were great at the start of the season, and they went through a lull. But they still, you know, look, it's still a very good team playing without Gordon Hayward. I feel like this is Danny Ainge, the kind of guy that would split tens, right? Everybody else is like, you got a winning hand, you're good. He's like, no, nah, we can split tens and we can win both hands. Like, they're, they are constantly trying to stay ahead of the curve. Is that fair? I think that's absolutely true. Like I said, big, bold thinker and, and uh, has in the past, you know, done things like this and had some success. Like, don't forget, they were in the sweeps for Durant. They went, they made the trip to the Hamptons. They did that. And they took Tom Brady with them. You know, this is like, this is what they do. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think they're a long shot in the thing. You know, it's got to be a sign and trade and all those things. So I don't think it's, it's like, I don't think it's going to happen, but the notion that they would explore it is totally believable. Dan Shaughnessy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to the Patriots. Also discussion that Rob Gronkowski was at least discussed uh, with. They, they discussed trade options for him before the draft. Uh, now there's talk of a, of a reworked contract. What's your thoughts on 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 how this ends once we get to the season? What is the what do the Patriots look like with Gronk and with um, with Tom Brady once the season begins? Well, I mean, you know, all the things that, that have been reported on and all the nonsense here and the hard feelings, I believe those things are all true. Uh, it doesn't really change anything regarding uh, where they want to get to, in my view, that, you know, they're in this terrible division where the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins all suck with new quarterbacks, new coaches, reinvent themselves every year. There's no challenge in the division, so they know they're going to win their 11 or 12 games just showing up and get the first round by, second round home game, play somewhere in the AFC Championship. That, they know that right now, and that'll happen unless Brady gets hurt, something like that. So uh, that's, a, that's a good place to, to start. And I think the, the, the division's terrible. The conference terrible. isn't very strong. So, yeah, they, they know these things. They're, they're teed up to do that. So all the narrative is true, but it doesn't change them getting where they want to get to this year, which puts them in the, in the Final Four. Dan Shaughnessy joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, Kind of amazing, kind of amazing that suddenly now there seem to be at least a couple of fissures 
in the previously impervious, um, you couldn't get stories out of New England. You know, there, there was never any sort of negativity. There was people, people just didn't, it's a lot like the San Antonio thing with Kawhi, where maybe one of the reasons we're feasting on this Kawhi Leonard story is we never know anything about what's going on in San Antonio. Just like uh, with all the stuff going on in New England, including, you know, Edelman's suspension, like suddenly there's negativity coming out of New England. Why do you think that is? Well, there's plenty of that. I mean, you know, it, it sort of started, I mean, we've we've been all around it. We knew about this Guerrero thing with, with the nefarious trainer for Tom Brady and and then, uh, you know, ESPN, uh, the, the the big report in the middle of the season last year, which was, you know, was really good and, and exposed some truths about the hard feelings at the top of the, of the pyramid here with the owner, the coach, the quarterback. I think those things are, are true and ongoing. And we're seeing a difference now with Brady not being at the OTAs and and they, they shut down the OTAs this week. They're no longer the no-days-off franchise. Um, the quarterback's off in Monaco or playing golf with Phil Mickelson or whatever. So it's not the same. It, again, it doesn't take them away from where they want to get to, I don't think. And I, I think that, you know, Belichick having to, to dump Jimmy G last, last summer for a bag of donuts in the middle of the season, those things are, you know, evidence that, that it's not all harmony here, that, that there's, there's a split, and I think it's a very real split, but, as I keep saying, it doesn't take them away from where they want to get. Uh, last thing, I'm going to keep you all things Boston. I know you're more than capable to cover a million different sports. Um, you know, in the, you know, percentage-wise, it's essentially a wash with New York and Boston. But the, the Red Sox seem to be built much more for the postseason with their starting pitching as opposed to the Yankees. Um, but like, look, the Red Sox also know, like, you know, these opportunities don't, don't always come along ever so often. Is there a, is there an even move they need to make? Right. I mean, you got Betts and Martinez having incredible years. And then you look at the starting pitching, um, into which, you know, you're, you're throwing out, uh, not just Porcello and sale, but all of a sudden David Price at times has looked like the old David Price. Is there a move to be made knowing that the Yankees are going to try and go out and add some arms? Oh, well, I think, you know, I would quarrel with the idea that they're better built for the postseason only because it's the same cast as last year. And this, this group is one and six in the postseason the last two years. They won the division two years in a row with 93 wins, and they're one and six in the postseason. They've been broomed out twice by very good teams. But none of their starters has ever won a postseason start. That would be Sale, Porcello, Price. None of them have ever won one. And the Yankees played to the seventh game of the ALCS last year. I think Boston does have more starting depth at this point. Uh, it's a lot of pressure on them when they get to October. And finishing first is going to be paramount because someone's going to win 104 games and get to a one-game playoff. And, you know, the prospect of, of facing, you know, I mean, God forbid, Verlander or, or somebody really great and, and being, going home after winning 104. So it's going to be interesting uh, throughout the summer as they, as they go neck-to-neck because there's so many bad teams. You know, you get to play 57 games against the Blue Jays, Orioles, and and um, Rays, and that's a lot of wins that they're going to pile up. Yeah, it look, it's it's fascinating. It, it is fascinating. I, I almost feels like it could be the ultimate backfire for baseball, right? Baseball, uh, and and Dan, uh, I don't know. You can tell me if you agree or disagree. I feel like the extra wild card was specifically for the Yankees and Red Sox, right? They so badly need both of them in the playoffs. Like, look, let's just get an extra wild card. That way, there's almost no way that these teams don't get in. Of course, that hasn't worked for several years when the Yankees were Yankees were down, and one year when the Red Sox were down. 
But but the backfire becomes, all right, you might get the Red Sox or Yankees definitely in as a wild card, but then they might not get to the actual playoffs because they'll lose that wild card game. Yeah, I mean, they haven't played each other in 14 years in the postseason. So uh, it's Has it's it been? It's been up. 14 years? Uh, yeah, 04. That's it. Last time they played each other. Wow. That I honestly I I didn't I Yeah, there's that, sort of a notion that they're always, you know, that that's a long time ago. Well, it's because they always play each other in the regular season. About, yeah. yeah, I mean it's like it's it's groundhog day with them playing each other in the regular season, but that is yeah. that is fascinating, fascinating stuff. Dan, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Dan Shaughnessy, uh, just a, a wellspring of information. Longtime columnist and a good one. At Dan underscore Shaughnessy. Read his stuff in the Boston Globe, whether you read it online or you follow him on Twitter. Cars are a lot like sports. you got to have the right tools. You want to go far. Luckily, AutoZone is a free loan and tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. So stop in today. Depositors required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Let's check in with Isaac Lohenkron. Isaac, what do you got? Doug, while the United States will not be participating in the 2018 World Cup, 2026, a different story, thanks to this announcement made today in Russia. We have a winner for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. The member associations of Canada, Mexico and USA have been selected by the FIFA Congress to host the 2026 FIFA World Cup. One day before the start of this year's World Cup, Spain abruptly fired its head coach, Julian Lopetegui, which would be the equivalent of Nick Saban firing his offensive coordinator right before the college football playoff championship game. Oh, wait a minute. That already happened. I'm happy as hell. Anyway, Spain's (laughs) Soccer Federation president, Luis Rubiales, said that they were forced to dispense of their coach because he did not inform the federation that he had been hired as the new head coach of Real Madrid, effective after the World Cup, until five minutes before his new deal was announced. NFL Adam Schefter reports that Cowboys Pro Bowl offensive lineman Zach Martin has agreed to a six-year $84 $84 million extension, including $40 million guaranteed. Finally, Baltimore Ravens cornerback Jimmy Smith returned to practice today for the first time since tearing his Achilles last December. Doug, back to you. Wait, tell me that story again with, with the Spanish uh, manager, coach. Whatever. So the reason they fired him was not because he took the new job, negotiated, whatever, but it's because he didn't tell the Spanish Federation that he had done so until five minutes before the press release was sent out. Rubiales said, the Federation cannot be left out of a negotiation by one of its workers and be informed five minutes before the press release. So it wasn't that he took the job, it's that he didn't tell them that he was taking the job until way too late. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, look, you got to tell you, I, I, I still don't, I still think, like, what, what are you doing, Spain? Like, what are you, what are you doing? Now, I don't know how much it actually matters in soccer, you know? Yeah, like, like you're right, let's be honest. I, I yeah. just, I, like, I, look, I, soccer guy, I love you. I do. Um, but, like, let's, like, didn't Zinedine uh, uh, Zidane, Zinedine Zidane, whatever, didn't he, he, he went straight from playing to coaching, and he coached Real, and they just won the championship, and then he walked away, right? Correct. So, uh, so I mean... I I don't I don't do they run do they they do set pieces like yeah but it's not like ATOs in basketball right there is a there's a general spirit and I, you've been I I don't know I I just I, I feel like there's more managing in regular season baseball is feels like 
Um, feels like coaching, managing soccer in the World Cup. I could be dead wrong. Like, I think that most of the coaching is done in the lead-up. The selection, the style of play, and then you just kind of like, hey, guys go out and make plays, they don't make plays. Well, their tactics and their strategy, I'm not saying that coaching doesn't matter, but in comparison to the NFL, in comparison to, you know, all the moves that are made in baseball, I even think in comparison to the NBA, I think it's far different, far less in far less important. I, I I could be wrong. Could be absolutely, absolutely wrong. Soccer guy is pissed. Soccer guy's like the the problem is in the coaching. The problems in the coaching in U.S. soccer. Like I'm not denying any of that. All I simply said was, "Hey man, we got some of the best athletes in the world. Pick the sport. Pick the sport, and we got the best athletes." We just do. If we compete at it, we and and look, our skill isn't. I'm even watching the U.S. 18 and under national team, and they beat Panama the other day, 99 to 17. But like, look, if if you watch us in the Olympics, when we had these redeemed teams and whatever, there were times in which there were times in which we didn't have we didn't have the best skill. But we just overwhelm teams with our athletic ability. Overwhelm them. And while we might not have the most skill, we still have some skilled players. What we don't have is freak athletic ability. That we just don't. The guys with the best lateral quickness, vertical ability, end-to-end speed, like, dude, they play football or basketball in this country. They just do. They just do. Sorry. I, I think Greg Hardy is actually a perfect example of this. I think, look, I think Greg Hardy is a bad, bad human being. Um, and I think, frankly, ESPN getting in bed with UFC, that's going to end up probably backfiring. You know, you got steroid problems, domestic abuse problems. You got some issues there with a sport to which I think has some guys that are just incredible athletes. But, like, look, this is the same thing with wrestling or MMA guy. Like a lot of those guys were not great athletes. They were great tactical wrestlers or mixed martial artists at a younger age. And they're able to use their guile and their skill. But you put a Greg Hardy in there. Who's a spectacular athlete. And you allow him to train and get some of the skill. And like, this is no different than John Bones Jones. Who, look, I know he's a PED guy, but you ask any UFC guy, they'd be like, dude, that guy was so much more athletic than everybody else. He just was. Maybe it's PEDs. You put a a Pro Bowl caliber athlete like a Greg Hardy, you train him for a couple years, he's already trained for a year, and he's going to be a good fighter. Why? He's just a better athlete than the guy he's going against. He can just do things with his body. And that's all my point is with soccer. Like, let's let's stop kidding ourselves. Soccer is, it's like lacrosse. It's no different than lacrosse, right? Jim Brown and Jim Thorpe, two of the great lacrosse players of all time. Like, Jim Brown's a great football player. You give, put a give him a lacrosse stick. Guess what? He was the best lacrosse player, too. But lacrosse is a suburb sport. Sorry if you don't like it. This is the truth. We just, we just... 
we're getting some of the second and third, even in the suburbs, we're getting the second and third best athletes in the suburbs. Kids that used to play football are now playing lacrosse. They're not moving to soccer. And part of that is the way in which club teams are formed, the way in which kids get burned out. The fact is that we're not making it fun. There's not pickup soccer. There's not, it's just not the same. But we got eight years. If you want to see us play in the final four of the World Cup, we're going to have to find a way to get Kristen Pulisic is going to be great. But we're going to have to find the next generation of great soccer players going to have to be better athletes. Period. Colin Coward thinks the end of the Patriots' reign is here. I'll give you my thoughts next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb show, Fox Sports Radio. Christian Dreyer, who covers uh, the NFL for Metro New York newspaper and for Sporting News, obviously listened to the show, said, hey, the biggest issue, he tweets at me, at Gottlieb show, the biggest issue with the Spain firing is their, their head coach isn't necessarily on the field, but more the distraction and circus that it creates off the field. This is New York Jets level stuff here on the cusp of the World Cup. I agree. I agree. I, th- this is one of those things to which I, I don't, I, I understand the Spanish Federation. You're just joining us. I don't know anything about the Spanish manager who left, this, who was fired from the, the team two days before the World Cup because he's taken the Real Madrid job and he didn't tell anybody until five minutes before he took the job. But obviously he must be pretty good if he was coaching the Spanish national team and now he's coaching Real Madrid, right? Like that's one of the five biggest national team jobs in the world. And that's arguably the biggest if or it's it's the really it's the biggest uh, uh, club team in the world. So the guy's obviously pretty. So like, look, I get that you're mad, but just because you're mad doesn't mean you do something irrational and you do, you know, you you do something which likely debilitates your chances of winning the World Cup. And now. Every day this time we play for you a portion of a show which you may have heard earlier on Fox Sports 1 or Fox Sports Radio. Protecting your home team. Farmers customizable home insurance packages can offer uh, offer coverage options you can tailor for your home turf. At Farmers we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Discover home coverage options and more at Farmers.com. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Here's Colin Cowherd earlier today reacting to the Patriots canceling the last two days of OTAs. No days off, not more days off, not two days off, not OTAs off, no days off. And the Patriots just canceled the last two days of OTAs. And it, to me, it sends a very obvious message. The end is near. If you're in a relationship, if you're at a company, you're an athlete, you're an attorney, you're, you're a school teacher, and the end is near. Here's two things that always happen. You stop fighting over the little stuff. What's the point? Bob Kraft perhaps suggested Brady Gronk not here. Let's cancel the last days. Belichick. All right. Why fight over the little stuff? And number two, this is the second thing that happens when the end is near. You don't really care about long-term things. That's somebody else's problem. Jimmy Garoppolo's gone. That's somebody else's problem. Josh McDaniels, we bought him back from Indianapolis. 
that'll be somebody else's problem. Um, I'm going to disagree there with Colin. Um, do I think there's some issues there? Sure. Do I think it's interesting and odd? Sure. Do I think it affects this season? I don't. I, I would. I would also tell you that. Uh, look, uh, there's a guy named Mike Dean who he coached at Siena, at Marquette, and at Lamar, a couple other places. And uh, Dino was Dino was uh, dumb like a fox. He was crazy, but he would do things where he he would read his team. And when he thought his team was tired, he'd say, look, if I make this half-court shot, we have practice today. And then he'd kick, his, kick a ball into the stands. Oh, I missed. Everybody go home. Like th- There is something to being around your team too much. Being, hearing the same message too much. And he took the whole team, went to Fenway Park for team bonding. So I, I, I kind of think this is the Patriots going like, let's try something. This is the challenge to every coach anywhere in any sport is keeping guys' attention. No one has an attention span anymore. I don't know if I ever told you this music when I uh, interviewed a couple of these head, for head coaching jobs in, in college basketball. I said, look, some days I'm going to do a two-on-two, three-on-three tournament day. Why? You got to keep it fresh. Tom Tolbert is a Warriors analyst. He also played in the NBA for seven years. Did he think Bob Myers' joke went under the belt? We'll discuss next. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We are mm, 13 hours or so from the U.S. Open's coverage, 14 hours from you seeing it on Fox Sports 1. Man, it's going to be great. Shinnecock Hills, uh, we'll keep you up to. We're going to be out there live tomorrow. I'm in New York City today. Uh, of course, we got the World Cup getting ready to get underway, and Spain sacked their manager. We'll keep an eye on the Patriots, who canceled the final two OTA sessions so they could have a they get a field trip day. Who doesn't love a field trip? Who doesn't love a field trip? Right? Field trip! Yeah, my son got fired up for his field trip to the aquarium, Long Beach Aquarium, last week. Patriots took a, a field trip to Fenway instead of having a, a practice. I love it. I love the idea. And we're reacting to, um, you know, the parades. I, are, are the Capitals drunk anywhere today? I mean, I just, I, I haven't seen Alexander Ovechkin, a new drunk footage uh, of him yet on social media. I'm sure I will before I rest. I haven't Twitter searched it, but it's been just about everywhere. Then, of course, you had the Golden State Warriors who spent a, a reported $500,000 on booze. Anybody else bothered by the, it's not by the booze, like I don't care how, the booze that you drink or how much, but just the idea of buying an expensive bottle of booze and then spraying it on people, right? Spray the fake stuff on people or the cheap stuff on people. You really going to spend that much? I don't know. I don't know about all that. That one is, uh, that one's an, uh, an interesting one. Um, I want to talk some Golden State Warriors. There's a report out there that Draymond Green doesn't want to sign a contract extension. He wants to wait, try and get a try and get a supermax contract, which he is eligible for because um, he was Defensive Player of the Year last year. And if you if you get that within three years of your contract extension, you're eligible for the supermax. I, I also want to get to this Bob Myers joke, which I thought was funny. 
And maybe it's me having lived my life in and around locker rooms now covering sports and not, and, and maybe not being the sensitive type, but maybe it's, maybe it's not funny. I don't know. People oohing and eyeing and some writers go, Whoa, Whoa, that was below the belt. Uh, Tom Tolbert's going to join us in a second. He's a color analyst for the Warriors. Also, uh, he's got a great radio show up in the Bay Area. Nobody knows the pulse of the Golden State Warriors better than Tom Tolbert, of course, uh, played in the NBA once, maybe NBA championships. Protecting your home team, Farmers Customizable Home Insurance Packages offer coverage options you can tailor for your home turf. At Farmers, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Discover home coverage options and more at Farmers. Dot com. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. I mentioned Tom Tolbert was going to join us. He does now join us on the Doug Gottlieb show. If uh, if you haven't heard his show, it's really, really good. Uh, of course, uh, played most notably, like people remember him playing uh, for the Warriors. People remember him playing for the Magic and for the Clippers and for the Hornets. He's kind of joined us here on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, Tom, uh, l- let's start with the NBA Finals. I think people are going to misremember this thing. Game one was a great game that the Cavs, very, I don't know, very easily, but could have won. Game three was competitive. Game two was even competitive. Game four, the Cavs laid down. I think it was a lot closer than the 4-0 sweep total would tell you. What's your take? Well, first of all, I think you misremembered because nobody remembered me playing for the Clippers. Nobody. My parents don't even remember me playing for the Clippers. I do, dude. The L.A. guy, come, I was in high school. Clippers? Yeah, I was in high school. I used to go to Clippers games because you could walk up and get a seat and sit in, like, the third row. What do you mean? You can get a, you can sit on the bench. Good point. Fair point. <laughs> uh, look, I, I think, I mean, game one obviously was was the most interesting game because there, there were just so many different things to talk about. You could do an entire show plus on game one and all the things that happened during that game. Uh, game two, game four were, were over early. Game three was close into the end, but you just you never got the feeling, at least I did, I never got the feeling the Cavaliers were going to win this series. Even if they won game one, I didn't think they had enough to, to win this series. You go back, I don't know, what was it, 15, 16 years, when the Sixers beat the Lakers in game one, and people thought, oh, well, maybe, you know, and then they just crushed and fourth or beat them fourth straight. I, that, I don't know if the Warriors would have done that, but they're just the superior team, superior firepower, and I think it would have taken uh, an injury or something really goofy to happen because winning one is one thing. Winning four is a completely different animal. And I no, look, listen, I, look, I, I, I thought it would go five or six. I thought they could win one or two. I, I'm not saying that I thought the Cavs could win it, but I just, like, look, the games were close. There was an injury. Iguodala was hurt. Hell, Clay got his ankle rolled up on. If it was any worse, it, it could have changed the series. And there was at least a period of time against the Rockets in which the Warriors looked vulnerable. Like, we're going to look back 20 years from now and be like, man, they rolled through, you know, in 2017 and rolled through in 2018, and it wasn't as as seamless as I think history will tell. No, I mean, you know, compared to last year, I mean, when you're 16 and one, and you're just smashing everybody. Uh, this one was a lot more difficult, and yeah, the Rocket series could have easily lost that one easily. I mean, forget the injuries, Iguodala and Paul. I mean, the Rockets had a 10-point lead uh, at halftime of game six on the road, an 11-point lead 
uh, halftime at Game 7 at home. And those are deficits teams usually don't come back from in conference finals because they're two really good teams going at it. The Warriors just aren't a normal team. I mean, they just erase deficits rather quickly. I mean, you'll look up and they'll be down 10, all of a sudden they're up 7. Because they just hit you with a barrage of threes and they sink their fangs into you defensively. But no, I agree with you. I don't think it was a breeze this year at all. I think it was a much tougher trek than, uh, than they had last year, obviously. Well, give me your uh, assessment of Kevin Durant. Um, he was so, mine is, is he was so good, so good early on in the uh, postseason, especially without Steph. Uh, and then he went through that stretch against Houston to where uh, he seemed to not know which way was up. He, you know, he, he, he didn't react well to the physicality of Houston. Of course, they were kind of playing three on five on offense and he struggled to kind of find his space when to go one-on-one, and then, you know, he, he was okay in game one. His plus-minus was better than his actual performance. He was really, really efficient, too. Great in three, fine in game four. But you sit there courtside, you play in the NBA, you covered this thing for years. What do you think about how KD played? Uh, you know, I, I thought in the Houston series, P.J. Tucker did a really good job of being physical with him, not just on defense, but on the boards. I mean, he put a body on him whenever – he had a chance to put a body on him, and I thought he just got out of rhythm there for a while. Uh, you know, sometimes, a lot of times, he'll get the ball and go one-on-one, but it's a quick decision. I thought against Houston, a lot of times, it's catch the ball, hold it, hold it, hold it, which is what Houston wanted them to do and forced them to do with all the switching that they did. But eventually, this guy's going to get you. He's just an elite, elite scorer. He's, he's one of the more unstoppable forces the NBA's ever seen because he's seven feet, he's lanky, he can shoot over you. you just it's, it's hard to stop the guy. The really only way you can do it is get a body into him and maybe be physical with him and get him off his game a little bit. He's just one of those guys, once he gets to a spot, then he's got you. But I thought he was more efficient against Cleveland, and I thought his all-around game was a little bit better. The whole Warriors slow kind of returned against Cleveland. Much easier to do against a team that didn't practice switching all year like the Rockets did, and the Rockets are really, really good at it. Cleveland, not so much. So uh, you looked at his all-around game against Cleveland. I just think he was energized, engaged. He was rebounding. He was, he was, he was throwing dimes to guys. I thought he was really good in that series. I know people were arguing uh, Steph should have got the MVP. Either or. They could have given co-MVPs. It would have been fine. But, I mean, it, the guy is incredible, really. Uh, this was Bob Myers yesterday um, at the parade. And then I heard you tell Kevin Durant he can have whatever contract he wants next year. Yeah, that was just for the media. He can't have anything <laughs> like that at all. Mid-level. Yeah, <laughs> mid-level, behind closed doors. It's because I think story. last year he told Steph he could have any contract he wants, too. Yeah. So Well, yeah, that was different. He, well, he's, he's been here from the run, you know, the way before days. He's earned it. <laughs> Chemistry. That's when it began. The first Fisher. I, I, I took it as funny. Uh, how'd you take it? Well, yeah. I mean, I took it as funny. Uh, it doesn't matter how we take it, though. It matters how Kevin Durant takes it. And I, from what I hear, he's a little, you know, maybe a little more. I don't know, sensitive may not be the right word. I'm not sure. But, look, anytime you tell a joke and in the background you hear, ooh, then maybe you might want to rethink that joke depending on what form you're in. 
maybe that's what you were going for. I doubt that's what he was going for, that ooh sound. I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't think it's a huge deal one way or the other. I think most people could probably roll with it. Hell, maybe he's rolling with it, didn't find it uh, offensive at all. But, but any, like I said, anytime you hear that sound, you might want to look and go, hmm, wonder if I should have said that. How do they handle Draymond in that, uh, look, he's, he's invaluable to him. He does a lot of little things. Uh, but you don't have to guard him offensively. And he, he wants to be paid, frankly, above the level of his role. And while you'd love to give him whatever you want to give him, you know, like, look, if you hand out all these max contracts, it's going to forever handcuff you to get other players to fill out that bench that they need to fill out. How do you handle Draymond in the future? I don't know. Uh, look, I think he's worth is, is like if he isn't a max guy, I'm not sure who is a max guy because he does what those guys do on offense. He does on defense. I mean, he makes the entire thing go defensively because he can guard just about every position out there. He's a vocal leader. He holds guys accountable. He's kind of the heartbeat of the team. When you think of Clay, Steph, and, and KD. You don't really think of fire. When you think of Draymond, you certainly think fire, and he gives them that juice that they need. Uh, I mean, would it be the same on another team? Who knows? I, I don't know. I don't know what his worth would be on another team. I know what his worth is on this team, and he's every bit as important to those guys because without him, they're not the defensive squad they could be. They weren't very good this year defensively. They were really good in the playoffs, not in the regular season. But if they don't have that guy, they're not nearly the defensive team that they have been in the past few years, and that's kind of what separates them. They're really good offensively, and that's what they get the credit for, but defensively is where they really, really get after you and really make those runs. Uh, it, like the Spurs, I used to think of the Spurs when they'd go on runs. It was like a 14-2 run over like five minutes because they would just kind of strangle you defensively. Uh, the Warriors, when they go on runs, I mean, they're like 24-2 to two, like in like four minutes because – not only do they choke you out defensively, they crush you on offense with all the threes, but back to Draymond, yeah, I, I just I think he's every bit as important as any of those guys on this team. Last thing, um, there's got to be some changes. What are they, they, did they gut the bench? Is that kind of the plan, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think they'd like to get younger on the wing. Uh, I'm not sure if McCaw's a guy that uh, – that they they, they, they they hoped it would have blossomed maybe by now. Uh, you know, you got Iguodala and you got Livingston, and then you got the four All-Stars. So you got six guys you look at and go, okay, that's our core. Those are our four guys. What do we need now? Uh, they had way too many centers. Uh, they got Bell and they got Cook. So I guess they got eight now. But I think they'd like to get some more depth on the wing because you really saw what happened when Andre went out during the playoffs. And I'm not saying that somebody could come in and replace what he gives them, but they got to have some guys that can come in off the bench, hit a few shots, play some defense and give them a little depth. I thought that's where they were really lacking this year is on the wing. Tom Tolbert, check him out on KNBR co-hosts a great show. And of course uh, he's the Warriors analyst. Once again, they are champions of the NBA. Uh, we got to catch up uh, more. I, I got to hear some, some Mulligan stories, some Cerritos stories, some NBA oh, stories. Can, can we do that in the Mulligan? future? Oh, boy. You, you, you might not have a long enough show, or you might want to get the dump button out for Mulligan. No, no, stories. no. I got, I got, dude, I got, a, I got a basketball podcast. It's great. It's called All Ball, <laughs> and, and we're just going to do Tom Tolbert, UCI Mulligan stories. It'll be great. Sweet. 
wait. Me and you'll be the only ones interested. It'll be awesome. You'd be you'd be surprised. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Doug. Tom Tober joining us on the Doug Gottlieb show. He played for a he uh, before he went to Arizona. He played for Bill Mulligan at UC Irvine. UC Irvine. This is back. They used to play in the PCAA, which became the Big West. UCI, Cal State Fullerton, uh, UC Santa Barbara, and of course UNLV. UNLV used to win the league every year, but UC Irvine had all kinds of pros, all kinds of pros. Wayne Ingolstadt, Scott Brooks, Tom Tolbert, uh, uh, was it uh, Bob Thornton, I believe, played there as well. I mean, lots of dudes have played in the NBA. Stug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. Kevin Millar is a world champion. Uh, he also does a great job with the MLB Network. What's Bryce Harper really worth? Like, what's the number? What's the number? That's upcoming next. But first, snoring is not sleeping. Go to zipa.com. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. Zipa is the solution that's comfortable, affordable, effective, and eliminates snoring. Zipa was found to be the only proven solution to work on a national news story. Every Zipa, just so you know, is guaranteed to work or you get your money back. You go to Zipa.com, that's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com, and Zipa is Happy Z spelled backwards. Great way to remember it. When you go to bed, you wake up with Happy Zs. That's because you won't be snoring if you use a Zipa. It's a revolutionary snoring mouthpiece that's an absolute game changer. If you're sleeping in separate bedrooms, if you're constantly getting kicked or nudged, or even you wake yourself up... You know, you do one of those things. Like, who was that? That was, it's me, right? <laughs> it might be funny when you hear the bulldog do it. It's not that funny if you're keeping your whole house up or your wife up. Go to zipa.com. That's happy Z spelled backwards. Because Zipa gives you and everyone around you happy Zs. You want to fix your snoring problem? Make it easy on yourself. Go to Zipa. That's Z-Y-P-P-A-H.com. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's talk some baseball, shall we? I was just, I was talking with a Mets fan here before the show. They're like, man, I'm done. I'm done. Done. The Mets can't do anything. I was like, dude, they've been in the playoffs like two of the last five years. Went to the World Series a couple years ago. It's kind of hard. Like, nah, Done. And and music, you and I, we kind of have this th- thing with the Angels. Like, Angels are above 500. I don't know how. It actually speaks to how many teams are trying to be bad this year. Uh, until Otani got hurt, you can make the argument they had two best players in the American League. Mike Trout is amazing. And yet, I don't know, it's just, it's hard to get into it. It just is, one, because they're just not, the, the team isn't that good. It's not, they're just such a... I mean, it's such an incredible disparity between like the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and and the Angels. I mean, it just is. Uh, a guy who gets into it and is just great at his job is Kevin Millar, obviously a World Series champion with the Sox, the MLB Network analyst, and of course host of international uh, international intentional <laughs> intentional talk. Uh, Kevin joins us on the Doug Gottlieb show. Uh, it's it's just it's so hard to get into. Like I mean, I'm an Angel guy, and I went to the game the other day. And uh, Kevin, I'm I'm watching Mike Trout. Even his ground outs are exciting. He made a play in the field, didn't get a hit. It's still fun to watch the best in the sport play. 
But man, there's just some non-competitive teams, and then there's that middle team, middle teams that are fairly competitive, but they got no shot against the Sox, the Astros, the Yankees. Help me out with where this sport actually is, as so many are trying to copy the Astros and be really bad to be really good. No, you're right. No, you're exactly right. I think that there's four American League teams that are way better than everybody else, and that's even the teams in the National League. And you can put the Indians in there when they're clicking right. You know, I know their bullpen hasn't been good this year, and they haven't thrilled the world yet. But, I mean, you know, they're a good team also. But the three that you named with the Astros and Red Sox and Yankees, there's no doubt in my mind. I still believe, though, there are weaknesses on bigger, you know, on big situations in the postseason. You don't face, you know, you don't face threes and four. I mean, you don't face fours and fives, you know, in the postseason. So I think the Yankees, you know, offensively, there's going to be some holes there. But they're very good, and they're powerful, and they're scary. The Red Sox kind of keep clicking away. J.D. Martinez makes that team, you know, fill that void of big poppy. It seems like they've missed since he's retired a couple years ago. And then the Astros, the starting pitch has been ridiculous. And when you when you can talk about a weak link being Dallas Keuchel, who's a former Cy Young Award winner, that's pretty uh, an impressive staff. But I still think there's bullpen glaring scenes. And the Angels, you know what? I I'm with you. Are they a playoff team? Are they above 500? Uh, there's all kinds of questions. You know, do they need another ace? Do they need another pitcher? Do they, I mean, but they're kind of playing okay. They're six yeah. and a half out. You know, the Mariners are playing way better than everybody thought, I think, especially with Cano going down. And they've won a lot of one-run games. It'll be interesting. It's just playing well for the last three, four weeks of the year. And then you get hot. All right, I, I got I got a bunch of things I want to run run by, and I want to get to the the National League and the, how, how quickly Atlanta has has gone from being trying to dump games and being really bad to all of a sudden being really good and competitive. Talk some National League stuff in a, in a second. Let, let's dig in on the American League. Um, Cano comes back from the suspension. What do you what do you do? Because he's not going to play in the postseason, but he can he can still really hit, or at least we think you know without PEDs in the system he can really hit. Like, what do you do if you're the Mariners? Well, he's going to play. He's going to help you get there. He's one of the best left-handed hitters out there. And so he's going to play. Now, the question is, yes, if the Mariners are getting to the postseason, D. Gordon's their second baseman because Robinson Cano cannot play because of the suspension. We got that. They need to get to the postseason. <laughs> it ain't over in June, June 13th, because they played cute baseball for now. So I think the main thing is, yeah, Cano's going to hit third and play every single game going down, and there's going to be flexibility. Cano DHs, D. Gordon goes to second base, he plays center, Cano's going to be playing second base, but let, let's, let's, let's get this real clear. Robinson Cano is paid a lot of money to play every single day for the Mariners, and obviously the suspension, that's not the case, but when he comes back and he's active up to when he can become active, uh, yeah, he's playing. Uh, all right, uh, you, you, we mentioned the Angels. Shohei Otani is not having Tommy John surgery. They're going to rest him and hope this platelet therapy ends up working. Of course, if he has Tommy John surgery, that means he also can't hit. If, if you were advising the Angels, and I know like we don't, we don't truly know what the medicals say, but based upon you know a life of being in and around this game and covering the game, what would you do? Would you go just go have the surgery, start that process sooner? Would you have him just try and hit through it? Like, what would you do? That's 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 the question because it's such a unique player we're talking about. Is his bat in our lineup, left-handed bat, powerful, holding his own? It's been training, but the thing is, he's oh my god, he can't hit, he can't hit. He's got an eight. I'm like, come on, guys. We're talking about practice. 
But now here he goes, starts the year off, brings happiness to the world, to the baseball crowd. We haven't seen this since Babe Ruth. No one saw that basically ever. And now, now what? Why can't he hit? If he doesn't need surgery, if we're going to try platelets, I mean, Tanaka has been over there in New York, like we said, I don't know the exact reports, but he's kind of had this partial tear, and he's been gone. He's an offensive player also. It doesn't hurt your arm hitting. So I, w- I would have him in there, and now you can play him every day. He's been in and out of the lot because of the whole starting pitching thing. Why not give him 500 plate appearances and, and use him for what he's got during this process of the platelets? I, I I totally agree. I I don't I don't understand. You get some value out of what you have. Uh, worst case scenario, you have the surgery and he he misses the end of this year and next year anyway, and you start all over. I I just feel like you know you're you're sitting there on an asset that you're not you're not using, and that's that's a so that's a bad philosophy. Uh, let's let's get to let's get to those Yankees. Um, they clearly need starting pitching, right? Like they have Servino's great. But then what else are you going to throw out in a shortened series? No matter how well you hit, we know how postseason baseball works. Pitching, defense, timely hitting. But but the, it doesn't feel like there's a there's a, an absolute target out there for them to go get, right? There's, there's no Manny Machado who's a pitcher to go get. What do the Yankees do? Well, I mean, CeCe Sabathia has kind of turned himself into a pretty darn pitcher. Doesn't get a whole lot of credit for it because we're not where you see 95 miles an hour back in the day. But he's he's good enough. Sonny Gray is an up and down situation. You go out and look at a J.A. Happ over there at the Blue Jays, who's been remarkable. Was going for his ninth win today. Uh, you know, a lot of people go, really? Happ's going for nine? And you didn't get it. He was in Tampa. Uh, but I will tell you, there's this is where they get creative. This is where Cash makes his money, and, and kind of you, you sniff out out there teams that are falling out of it, and who do we need? And but I, let's be clear though, the Yankees are pretty solid everywhere. And if they had to go to postseason with this team right now, I think they'd be okay also doing so. Sometimes, you know, if it's not out there what you need, just to get another body doesn't mean, oh, yeah, we made a trade, we're doing great. So we'll see how this how this goes. they got some time at least, uh, at least for a month plus, to kind of see where their team's at. All right, let's get to the National League. Um, how do we establish a value for Bryce Harper? Like, what is... What is Bryce? I'm not saying he's not an incredible hitter. And, you know, you put him in leadoff, it's going to hurt some of his other numbers. I mean, truthfully, he's not a leadoff hitter, but though he's done that some this year. Um, how do you establish what his actual value is? It's, it's, it's an interesting question because we've heard some astronomical numbers, and it's just fun to throw out there. It's the, you know, whoever, is the agency doing it, is it the writers, you know, three, four hundred million, like, you're like, wow. Okay, I don't know what his value is. It's it's going to take one owner that wants Bryce Harper and wants to pay him, and that's what his value is going to be. But I know one thing: he's young, he's a strong kid. kid that you know, you hope he's on the field. He's going to hit forty home runs. And the one thing that stares at him: he's never driven in a hundred RBIs. Now you can say that out loud: he's never driven in a hundred RBIs, whether because of injury, whether because whatever his MVP year he drove in ninety nine. But there's never been a three digit RBI seen in this column so i like bryce i think he's uh, he's he's a lightning bolt you know i think your wife and her bell's wife knows who bryce harper is he's more than you know just a name in baseball so it's just a matter of where he fits and who's going to pay him the the highest dollar that they're going to go out and try to get kevin millar joining us on the doug gottlieb show on fox sports radio 
Uh, Machado to the Dodgers just seems kind of too obvious, right? They don't have Corey Sager, and uh, so they they need a shortstop, and they could afford to pay him in the offseason, but it hasn't happened yet. And here the Dodgers are, since they got Justin Turner back, um, you know, they've been far more competitive, back above 500, and they're still obviously doing it without Kershaw. Is that the move that changes them? Is there some other move out there? How did the Dodgers get back in that conversation in the West? Yeah, they got 14 general managers, it seems like, at the top of their front office, right? And I think <laughs> it all goes around to, to Andrew Freeman uh, and goes through him. But they really do have a unique scene. And what do the Dodgers do? That West has been very, very strange. Arizona gets off to an unbelievable start, then couldn't win a baseball game. They lose two starters. And then uh, and now they're kind of back. Goldsmith's on fire, and here, here comes you know Arizona. The Dodgers, everybody had them win in the West, and you're like, wow. What happened to them? But now they're kind of still scratching and clawing, and they're a little bit better. Uh, but, yeah, what do they do? If you're trying to make a splash immediately, Manny Machado's to play, right? You get him before he goes to the Cubs or something that Theo tries to go get him over there. If I'm the Dodgers, I get real creative. This guy is an absolute stud. This is one organization that can absolutely pay Manny Machado. We always talk about Bryce Harper. What about this kid's payday? I mean, especially now playing shortstop. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess the only thing against him was he, you know, he suffered a catastrophic injury. Out, outside of that, you know, Manny Machado has, and he's he's an interior infielder. Um, I, I'm with you. It, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how we establish values, especially considering you know the veteran guys got all lowballed last season. Obviously, these guys are far younger in their career, but the back end of those careers aren't panning out nearly as well. I, I got I got one last thing for you. Yeah. Uh, Detroit Tigers a couple years ago had. Um, had three Cy Young Award winners in their rotation. We just saw Miguel Cabrera go down with a devastating, he hurt his, uh, his, his arm bicep. with his, uh, his bicep, right? Is right. that team, the, the 2013 Tigers, that feels like the that Thunder team that didn't win a title, got to one NBA Finals, right? Like, we're going to look back and go, how the hell did they not win a World Series, a couple of World Series, considering the arms, the bats, everything they have? I mean, is it all Bull because pen. they had Joaquin Benoit? Yeah, bullpen. <laughs> I mean, for some reason, Dave Dombrowski in Detroit, they had staff, they had offense, and they just there was a glaring hole as a closer in their bullpen. And that's the way the Tigers, you know, rolled. Some guys, you know, they wasn't a big deal. Now the way this this game is, I think bullpens, you know, they made all the money, it seems like, this offseason, right? You're talking about holding out in contracts. Yeah. It's, it'll be unique. But long-term deals. You know, Max Scherzer's one of the few long-term pitching deals that you can look at and go, aha, that's worth every dollar. But, it's, it's you know, Miguel Cabrera's going to grow old in this contract, being paid $30 million. Dalvin Poole's thing for the Angel fans, the same type thing. You know, like, he's great, 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 but what's he going to be like at 39-40? It's, it's, it's the same thing. You know, I mean, at some point, the agent's job is to get the mo- you know, most annual – Salary per year and as many years you can get, but at the back end of these deals, they just don't they don't look great, you know, for organizations and depending on where they're at in that rebuilding thing. Download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code Millar. Remember that's M I L L A R. You get twenty dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek.com. Um, one guy you would pay to see is it Trout? Man, I, Mike Trout, he's one of my favorites. I love watching him play baseball. I love watching him hustle to first base on ground balls. I love watching him smile. I get so sick of seeing the tough guy acts on this field. 
the, the baseball's a game, man. You can compete having fun. We saw Derek Jeter do a lot of years. Mike Trout's one of my favorites. He's the guy I'm paying to see. Yep, SeatGeek.com. Enter the promo code Millar. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Uh, intentional Talk is really good, man. You guys do a, you and Chris do a great job. Thanks so much for joining us. Doug, thanks for having me, brother. Kevin Millar, join us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. Let's get to Isaac Lohenkron, find out what else is going on in the world of sports. What do you got, Isaac? Doug, the disappointment about the United States not participating in the 2018 World Cup dissipated slightly thanks to an announcement made in Russia today about the 2026 World Cup. The member associations of Canada, Mexico, and USA have been selected by the FIFA Congress to host the 2026 FIFA World Cup. One day before the start of this year's World Cup, Spain abruptly fired its head coach. Adios, Julen Lopetegui, one day after he agreed to become the new head coach of Real Madrid, effective after the tournament. He was fired not because he took the job, but rather because he didn't inform the Spain Soccer Federation that he was taking the job until five minutes before the press release announcing it was sent out. Now get this, the controversy took an unexpected twist when one of Spain's players, defender Gerard Piquet, posted a tweet in Spanish today that translates to this in English. University of Michigan basketball, 1989 NCAA champions. It wasn't the first time it happened, unquote. Referring, of course, to when Michigan fired Bill Frieder right before the 1989 NCAA tournament and then went on to win the national championship that year under Steve Fisher. Spain's Gerard Piquet, world-class defender and college hoops historian. Who knew? I, lo- I love it. I, I absolutely that? love it. I mean, that's a great analogy by like an American athlete who follows sports, let alone a guy on the back line for the Spain national team. Impressive Gerard Piquet. NFL Adam Schefter reports the Cowboys Pro Bowl offensive lineman Zach Martins agreed to a six-year $84 million extension, including $40 million guaranteed. And finally, we've had two one nothing games already today in Major League Baseball. Rays over the Jays one nothing, Brewers over the Cubs one nothing on a Lorenzo Cain home run. Doug? It's great. It's absolutely great stuff. Awesome stuff. Good find there. Good find there, Isaac Lowenkron. Isaac does does an outstanding job for us. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Cars are a lot like sports. you got to have the right tools. You want to go far. Luckily, AutoZone is a free loan tool program with over 100 specialty tools to get the job done right. Stop in today. Deposits required. Get in the zone. AutoZone. LeBron James to the 76ers. One NFL quarterback is trying to make it happen. I'll explain next. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Mm. I, I sometimes people look at things and they think there's one clear solution to it, right? Like, oh, you change U.S. soccer and we'll be competitive. Yeah, you change the infrastructure and the coach of the U.S. men's national team. Like, look, look, what what does it take to be great at at any school? Uh, we talked. Jimbo Fisher, of course, basically said, you know, unless everybody's pulling in the same direction, you you got no shot. That's by his estimation why he left Florida State to go to Texas A&M. And he's probably right. The same is true for U.S. soccer. T- today was a historic day. Like, you know, 
Look, I don't know how it could have gone to Morocco instead of the U.S. I mean, the idea, it's like, is that really a choice? And by the way, it was not a unanimous vote. That's maybe the craziest thing. U.S., Canada, and Mexico all bounding together to have a bid or Morocco. <laughs> that was really a choice. That was, that was really a choice. Would you like to drive... A brand new, uh, Ryan Music, what's your dream car? I'd go, man, probably a Lamborghini. Uh, would you like to drive a la- brand new Lamborghini? Or would you like to drive a Civic? Right? There's nothing wrong with a Civic, but a Lamborghini or a Civic. Like, what is the question here? And I think there's like 204 votes, and I think, you know, we got like 140. That means there's like 60 who didn't. How do you, I, I, how does that work? How do you go like, yeah, you know what? Morocco will be a better host than U.S., Canada. Than U.S., Canada, and the United States that all have the infrastructure already. Like, we could have the World Cup next week and be fine. We have all the stadiums you need. Mexico with Azteca Stadium already being redone. They'll be fine. Canada has plenty of stadiums. They'll be fine. Come on. But it was a historic day. On the other hand, one of the problems with a a day that's historic like this is it does, um, uh, is it does, um, it does bring up, it like does pour salt in the wound. Like, oh, that's right. We're not in it this year. I mean, like, look, Italy's not in it either. And Italy's a far greater competitor historically in the World Cup than we are. But still, it's it, it does twist the knife a bit. But people are looking for one individual's uh, solution. I'll just tell, like, we just have to be honest with ourselves. And just say, like, until the best athletes, or at least a percentage of the best athletes in the United States, are competing on our youth soccer fields, we're going to continue the same cycle of of thinking we're as good as everybody else. When the rest of the world is like, look, our best athletes play soccer. Some of them play, some of them play um, play basketball, but that's just the big ones. That's just the ones who aren't athletic enough to play. We the opposite. We're the ones that that aren't big enough or str- aren't strong enough or fast enough to play football. Aren't big enough to play basketball. Hell, lacrosse right now in many is making inroads not just into people who don't want to play football, but people who aren't going to play soccer. We got athletes coming out our ears, and yet we're not competing internationally at the highest level in soccer. That makes no sense. We got the financial resources to do so. We should be energized by getting the cup on our home turf in 10 years. But we have to get some of the great athletes in this country, young athletes, to, to put down the hoop dreams, put down the football dreams, and pick up the soccer ball. Let's get to the press. The press. All right, uh, Isaac Lohenkron, what do you got in the press, buddy? Doug, we begin with the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles, and Carson Wentz asked today if he was interested in recruiting an athlete to come to Philadelphia, but in a different sport. That would be LeBron. If during that off time that you do have, the Sixers asked you to be a part of a welcoming committee to get LeBron James here, would you do it? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I hope he's coming. You know, we were, Ertz and I were there the other night, and unfortunately, you know, he, he lost and everything. I didn't really care who won in that game, but um, just seeing that, seeing him live, and, um, you know, we, we decided to, to make it uh, a recruiting trip. Did you guys get a chance to talk to him? We did not. Okay. We did not, but hopefully he knows we were there. In a related Yay. story, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver has just fined Wentz 50 grand for tampering. <laughs> um, like this has become the thing where everybody wants to recruit you, but I'm burnt right now. Right? Like, did Carson Wentz recruiting or what we can throw at you in LA? So I don't think LeBron James is going somewhere because Carson Wentz says you should go there. Just like Kevin Durant didn't go to Golden State because I mean, he didn't go to Boston with Tom Brady showing up uh, in the Hamptons. Speaking of NBA intrigue, this from a piece by Adrian Wojnarowski about the situation with Kawhi Leonard and the San Antonio Spurs. Quote, few in his orbit expect Greg Popovich to coach the Spurs beyond the 2020 Summer Olympics. And there has always been the possibility that he could spend the 2019-20 season traveling around the NBA and across the globe preparing for his national team duties, unquote. So a potential Greg Popovich retirement, perhaps. Well, that's always been a question as to, like, you know, who would who would take over for him? You know, would it be Ime Udoka? Is that... You know, is is that who would take over? A former player who's a, currently an assistant on staff? Or Becky Hammond. Yeah, I mean, but Becky Hammond wasn't even a full-time, you know, wasn't even an on-the-bench assistant. Uh, you know, and I, I, do I think Becky Hammond could be a coach? Like, I guess. I do think the only place in which she could be a head coach uh, right now is with the San Antonio Spurs because she has some sweat equity with that team. But, you know, that's a, that's a weird one. Um the Becky Hammond thing could be interesting because the the push to get her as head coach, everyone is going to say on camera, she's great. She's great because the public pushback, if you go like, it's a joke or it won't work or I don't think everybody will buy in. I think San Antonio, everybody would be invested and she would have the sweat equity if it's in a year or so. But I don't think it's a slam dunk that public perception thinks that it is. Kira Leonard. The group, of course, hoping the most for Popovich's retirement, sideline reporters. Screw you. Anyway, finally in the NFL, Adam Schefter reporting that Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman Zach Martin getting a new six-year deal worth $84 million, including $40 million guaranteed, making him one of the highest-paid offensive linemen in the league and the highest-paid guard in the NFL. Well, they get the best guard in the league in Zach Martin. Tyron Smith is the best uh, tackle in the game. Uh, we'll see if they can have an offense that, that keeps up with that. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. From seasoned vets to rookies under the hood, AutoZone's free loan of tool program has the specialty tools you need, deposit required, get in the zone, AutoZone. Remember, they have a tour Messina is also kind of on, uh, is on that bench. And he's been a successful co- head coach overseas, and he filled in for Pop. He's far more accomplished than Becky Hammond. It'd be interesting to see if, if that's what happens. Interesting to see. All right, we'll be live at the U.S. Open tomorrow. We'll get a sense for how Tiger looks in day one. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Be sure to download the All Ball Podcast, Fox Sports Radio. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, 
Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.